Hello, hello. Welcome back to my podcast. Hope you're well. How has your week been? Um, I know it's been like maybe over a week since I last did a podcast, but I haven't done any YouTube videos either. Um, I don't know. I'm just finding it a little bit of a struggle at the moment to sort of get the enthusiasm, I suppose is the right word. Not for podcasts really, but mainly for my YouTube and I don't really know why, but it's sort of, you know... Never mind, anyway. Um, I will get back to it, I suppose, you know, at some point. <laughs> I keep saying that. It's not actually doing the video, because the video itself is, is, I can do that, it's fine. It's all the editing and all of the encoding and everything that takes so much time. Um, and then uploading to YouTube itself, it takes ages. So, I kind of it sort of puts me off a little bit. Um, also, I'm gathering that a lot of my content on my YouTube channel isn't as good as it could be. I don't know if that's the right word. Because um, I kind of put a, like a short on the other day, a few days ago, because um, I'd, I'd coloured my hair. Now, this is not new for anybody that knows me. I colour my hair all the time. But I did it... Um, oh, what colour is it? Oh, I can't think of the name of the colour. Anyway, it's like a purpley colour and I don't like it. So I've been trying to wash it out, wash it out. Anyway, I did this little short about how I didn't like my hair. And it had like over like 1.2k or something views and like 19 likes. And I thought I'm doing the wrong sort of videos because <laughs> I don't get that sort of um, traffic on any of my videos except for the dog walking ones, I suppose. So I'm just wondering whether, you know, I'm doing the right sort of content. And it's sort of that sort of thing makes you, it sort of puts you off a little bit, but never mind. That's over there anyway. This is here. I'll stop waffling. We'll get on with it. And let's do today's um, podcast. So we'll start today with a couple of stories out of my paranormal book. And as I did last time, you know, I read a few stories and they're supposedly true, true things that happen, like paranormal stuff that happens around the world. So, and I'm hoping that you enjoyed it last time because, um, well, I, I enjoy reading them. So I'm hoping that you enjoy listening. So if you've got any comments, as I always say, please do leave me some comments. Please do email me with anything you've got to say. Um, and yeah, let's just get on with the stories. Okay, so the first one comes from the Philippines and it's from a city called Baguio. I don't know how you, how you pronounce it. Baguio, Bag, Bag, Baguio <laughs> City. It's, um, it's a little city or probably a big city in the Philippines with a reputation of um, being home to many wandering souls who cannot rest in peace. Um, so they're found to be almost anywhere apparently so in world war Two, the japanese occupied the city of badio and in the heat of war terrible crimes were perpetrated on local people the lapparal white house a 1920s clapboard house was used as a garrison by japanese soldiers they captured and tortured their enemies here and this barbaric treatment has left its mark Ghostly apparitions of these poor souls are frequently seen in the windows of Lapparal House by the 
doors to, uh, sorry, by diners in restaurants across the street. The teacher's camp was built in the city and in 1908 and used first as a training place for American teachers and then the Philippine Military Academy in the 1930s. Again, appealing, appalling atrocities were committed during the war. You can rent a cottage on the site today, but people who have have had horrific haunting experiences with the victims of violent deaths roaming at large, angry and in search of peace. The Diplomat Hotel has a different but just a terrible tale to tell. The building was once home to a community of D Dominican priests. As Japanese bombs fell on Baggio, they took refuge here with many others. The Japanese army burst in and murdered many of his occupants. The house remained abandoned for many years, but people visiting have heard banging doors and screams and have seen ghosts of headless victims. Another hotel, the Hyatt, was also a scene of appalling tragedy. On the 16th of July 1990, an earthquake hit the city and within minutes the ground beneath the hotel cracked open and the structure came crashing down. Hundreds of people were trapped and many died. This tragic site is closed off today but people driving past reportedly seen ghostly figures floating about the zebra crossing behind the locked entrance gates. Now that's quite creepy isn't it and, and um because it's such horrendous um tragedies that have gone on the, the reason why these people died like you know um the japanese army murdered murdering people in a in a hotel and then in the other hotel it collapsed in with the earthquake that people died and it's just horrible isn't it i mean that must have been horrendous um so yeah i can imagine that's probably very true. There's probably lots and lots of sort of unrested souls wandering around, sort of. Because I think a lot of time people, when they die, they if they don't cross over straight away, I think it's because they probably don't know they're dead, or maybe don't believe they're dead. I don't know. It's sad, though, isn't it? It's very sad. So yeah, that was um, that was that was pretty awful in itself to be quite honest so let's move on we'll move on to the next one which is castles fortresses and palaces it isn't surprising that castles fortresses and palaces should feature prominently in ghost literature since there's often places with a very long history over countless generations people have lived loved fought lost and died in these impressive buildings one of the most notorious ghosts in british history is anne Boleyn the beautiful young wife of Henry VIII, who was beheaded by order of her husband in 1536. Anne grew up in, Nev in at he Hever Castle in Kent, and her ghost has been seen sitting beneath a large oak tree in the garden and at the window overlooking the courtyard. The scene of her violent death, however, was the Tower of London, the ultimate fortress. Later, we will discuss the le legacy she left behind there. Another of Henry VIII's wives, Catherine Howard, suffered the same fate. She was beheaded in 1542, but before her bloody end, she was living with Henry at Hampton Court Palace. When the guards came to arrest her, she ran to the doors. Oh, I don't know if you can hear that. That's horses trotting by, sorry. <laughs> I live in the countryside. Uh, sorry, where was I? 
When, uh, yes, she came to a bloody end, she was living in Henry with Henry at Hampton Court Palace. When the guards came to arrest her, she ran to the doors of the chapel royal where Henry was at prayer and screamed at her husband to show her mercy. None was shown and ever since, people have reported seeing her stricken ghost running along the gallery. Oh, God, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, she's... Why is she married? I never can understand why she married him after she'd found out that he had his first wife beheaded. You know, if you, if he's going to have his first wife beheaded, then why would you want to be with someone like that? Anyway, I digress. Um, Corf Castle in Dorset has an even longer history than Hever and has a more grisly past. Once again, it's a tale of kings and queens, of treachery and brutality. In the 12th century, a certain William de Brose, Lord of Bramber, fell out of favour with King John I. As a result, his innocent wife and child were imprisoned at Corfe Castle, where they starved to death. Today, the desperate sounds of crying child can be heard echoing around the ruins of the castle at all hours. Now, when we're talking ghosts, I could deal with seeing... uh, one of Henry the Ape's wives wandering around or something like that. Children crying, children laughing, children's voices, children anything. Creepy as you like. I ain't being funny, but that is the most creepy sound I think you could ever experience. I mean, oh, flipping hell. I don't know what it is. What is it about children? Like, if you've got your own kids, I've got kids. Well, they're not kids, they're grown-ups now. But I've got, like, when they were little... The nicest sound in the world was hearing my children talking and laughing and, you know, whatever. But I just feel like if you was in somewhere like a castle or anywhere, anywhere, for instance, anywhere in the dark, if it was night time, and all you heard was children singing, laughing, crying, whatever, that would massively, massively send you doolally, wouldn't it? It would me anyway. I mean, I just feel like children's voices and stuff. And, yeah, that's creepy. That puts hairs up on my arms. That gives me goosey gander, all right. So, yeah, that's children. Hmm. So now, um, fortresses, of course, were built to expect violence. So it's no surprise that many have ghostly stories to tell. They've witnessed brutal scenes and miserable deaths through the centuries. For example, Fort William Henry in the state of New York in the United States. It saw a terrible massacre in 1757. British and local troops had been besieged in the fort by a French army. As the defeated British left the fort, a group of Native Americans attacked and brutally murdered them. While the French were powerless to stop them, to this day, visitors to the fort experience mysterious sounds and lights of soldiers marching. And while some of the apparitions actually engage in fighting, oh, well, that is that would be something, wouldn't it? Like hearing the soldiers marching and seeing sort of strange lights and seeing like apparitions of them fighting. But uh, interesting fact. The most recent sighting of a ghost at Corfe Castle was in 1976 when a headless woman was seen hovering near the castle gates. Well, there you have it. I haven't been to Corfe Castle, I don't think. I've been to Devon a fair few times, but I, I, I don't think I've been to Corfe Castle. What's the one? No, that's Kent. I'm thinking there was one in Kent, which I've been to, which is fabulous. Now, I'm sure that was haunted as well, because I remember going in. The, what was the name of the castle? Um, 
I can see it in my head. Oh, my goodness, I can't think of the name. It's got a weird name. Anyway, I remember going there and I remember walking around through the castle because obviously the parts of the castle are very dark, even obviously during the day. And it's very cold, very cold. And this was like summertime because we was on holiday. And it was really very cold. And I remember seeing, I'm sure it was somebody that wasn't really with us. I'm sure it was a spirit person um, in the corridor in in there. And it was just creepy. It just li- literally gave me the creeps, the whole place. And yeah, I'm I'm a big lover of... Like, I'm a big nerd because I like things like castles and museums and all of that sort of stuff. I'd rather do any of that any day of the week than sit around on a beach all day long or around a pool. That is boring to me. Now I want to go out and explore things and see things. So, yeah, that's that. I love castles, but that did freak me out. I remember it really proper did. But, uh, yeah, so this is another castle called... Uh, Glamis Castle in Scotland. I don't know, if, don't know again. I don't know if I um, pronounce that correctly, but it's got all the features of a haunted house. Its looming towers seem to be made for ghosts and ghouls, as though taken from the pages of a fictional ghost story. The truth is, however, that at Glamis, the tales become stickingly real. Okay, let's see what this says then. It's a picture of the castle and it's absolutely stunning. It's the sort of thing that you would imagine in, say, a Disney film. It is beautiful. So anyway, Glamis Castle has been the home of Bows, Bows, I don't know how is that, Bows Lion family for more than six centuries. The most famous member of the family was Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. Oh, wife of King George. Now, what is this, the sixth? There's a V and a 1. No, is that a 6, is it? I can't, I'm, I'm no good with Roman numerals. Yeah, um, who was born at Glamis before long, uh, long before, sorry, her, her time, however. Sinister's goings on in the castle left their mark on the place. The ghost of a silently screaming woman with no tongue has been seen in the grounds. Oh, that's weird. Pointing to her wounded face. It's said that she stumbled upon the ghostly, ghastly secret of Glamis and the story that could never be told. The secret of members of the family that are sworn to keep. Did this poor servant threaten to reveal all? Did the Earl of order his guards to cut out her tongue? Her bloody t- ghost suggests that. Yeah, it does sound like that, doesn't it? It sounds like she had her tongue cut out because she probably knew too much, you know. Let's face it, back in the day... I mean, when was this again? It was a long time ago. So back in the day, yeah, it it it, it would be something like that would happen, wouldn't it? Like, obviously, things like people got beheaded, like what you were just talking about. And so that wouldn't surprise me if that happened as well, because she probably knew too much. So, yeah. So what is a terrible secret? Apparently, it's told to each heir... When he comes to age, we can only guess at its horror. Back in 1904, okay, see, I knew it was a long time ago. Just before the 13th Earl Strathmore died, he apparently confided in a friend that it was so horrifying that if he knew it, he would get down on his knees and give thanks that it was not his secret. Okay, there is more. The most famous ghost of Glamis is that of Earl Beardy, 
or Alexander Lindsay, 4th Earl of Crawford. This medieval knight roams the castle in full armour, appearing at his children's bedsides and shouting obscenities that can be heard by anyone within the, with the misfortune of being staying there. Okay, so you see him here shouting obscenities, oh dear. Um, he was by all accounts a nasty character, heavily into gambling and drinking. The story goes that one night he shouted drunkenly for someone to join him in a game of cards. A tall gentleman appeared and together they retired to the room. Slammed the door and played all night. A servant looking through the keyhole was blinded by a bright light and in the morning the Earl was dead. The other man, believed to be the devil himself, had gone, taking the soul of Earl with him. Some nights the Earl's ghost is heard shouting behind closed doors gambling on for all eternity do you know i've heard of this story before and i can't remember where i'm pretty sure i did a, a, a recently i did a, a video on youtube which was um what was it like uh old folks tales and 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 things like that things like things you should never try and stuff like that i, I did a video on it and i remember i particularly remember a story like this and i think it's probably this same story because it was where somebody was playing cards. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, because it was a, believed that it would be the devil who'd taken this man into, into the room and agreed to play cards with him, but obviously he killed him. So, yeah. So the interesting fact on this one is the ghost of Lady Janet Douglas, the lady of the house in, nine, in 1537 had been seen in the chapel at at Glamis by the people saying their prayers. So there you go, there you have it. So, um, yeah, okay. I mean, like I said, I'm sure I've I've read the story. I've either read the story or I've or I've done a video on it. I can't remember which. Um, but I, I recognise the story and I recognise the the devil and stuff in it. Okay, the next one's from uh, Transylvania. It's Corvin Castle. Um, the towers of the normal castle loom out of the rock that it's built on and the whole place is approached by a precarious wooden bridge perched high above the ground. There's real history behind the scary stories surrounding this place, one of the most haunted castles in the world. Okay. Corvin Castle, also known as... Hundiardi Castle. I can't say. It looks like, to me, I read it and it looks like Hyundai. <laughs> you know, the car. <laughs> or Hyundai, as they call it these days. Anyway. Um, it's one of the largest castles in Europe. It's built in the 15th, centuries, 15th century in Hunedoria, Romania. It was home of the local nobleman, John Hundi. I'm going to call it Hundi. Yeah. What exactly went on there is hard to pin down, but there are many towers of horror and hauntings. And certainly some anyone visiting has felt chilly darkness emanating from the walls. Ooh. The most famous tower of Corvin involves the 15th century gruesome, ruthless prince of uh, Romania, known as Vlad the Impaler. Oh, of course, Dracula. Uh, his name came from 
his preferred method for killing his enemies, which was to impale them on sharp stakes. His father, the local ruler, was murdered by a group of noblemen. Vlad was the imprisoned in the uh, was imprisoned in the castle's dungeon deep underground. This is a truly eerie, horrible place, and the story that goes with that Vlad gradually went insane down there. Some even claim that he became a bloodthirsty ruler, Count Dracula. Could this be the violent ghost that has been seen wandering the walls, the halls even, and cast chambers of the castle? This ghoul has certainly been described as vampire-like. I thought that as soon as I read uh, Transylvania, I thought it'd be something to do with Dracula. <clears throat> One group of uh, visitors who stayed the night ran away the next morning, utterly terrified, beaten and bruised. They claimed they'd been tortured all night by an angry, brutal apparition. Another tragic tale of the castle concerns Turkish prisoners who built the well in the central courtyard. They were promised that once they reached water level, they could go free. But when, after 15 years digging, they finally did, the lord of the castle went back on his promise. It said that he cur- they cursed the well and, and all who used it. Okay, so it took 15 years to dig a well. well I suppose it would, wouldn't it? Because it would go down quite far. But uh, yeah, I'm going off, I'm <laughs> going off of the, uh, the, uh, the actual story. So yeah, so that one basically is, is about Dracula. And I thought it was, as soon as I, said I read Transylvania... Because what do you think of when you think of Transylvania? You think of of Dracula, don't you? So yeah, that was um, that was interesting, wasn't it? What's next? Oh, bear with me. Oh, okay. Next, we have the Tower of London in England. Now, this place has had so many awful things happen. So, let's see what it says. So many tragic events have happened at the Tower of London that it'd be strange if this medieval fortress on the banks of the River Thames was not haunted. For centuries, it was the city's strongest and most terrible prison. Countless individuals spent their last weeks and hours in confines, waiting their violent and horrible deaths. The Tower may be a popular tourist destination today, but as the visitors leave and darkness descends, the murky secrets of the place begin to emerge. Some of its long-dead residents, still tortured by the miserable days they spent here, appear to be living once more. Among the tower's most tragic residents were the young princes, Edward V and his younger brother, Richard, Duke of York. On the eve of his coronation in 1483, Edward disappeared and so did his brother. Because Richard, sorry, because Edward was only 13 years old, his uncle, Richard, Duke of of Gloucester was in charge of his welfare. It's widely thought that they they sorry, I put my teeth back in. It's widely thought that they had both brothers imprisoned but in the bloody tower where they were murdered. He was then crowned King Richard the Third. These poor children could not find rest, however, and guards have frequently reported seeing two small figures gliding down the stairs of the bloody tower. Another monarch, Anne Boleyn, wife of Henry VIII, was beheaded on Tower Green in 1536 for an infidelity to the king. She was buried under the floor of the chapel, where the ghost is regularly seen, sometimes within a procession of followers. 
Many of them been many have been terrified to see head, Anne's headless ghost wandering through the White Tower, and the King's house as well. Dressed as she was on the day of her execution, one night in eighteen sixty four, a guard challenged a head, headless figure, but when he put out his bayonet to stop her, it passed right through her. Oh, okay. After Henry's son Edward the Sixth died, Lady Jane Grey ruled the Queen ruled as Queen for just a short nine days. Edward's sister Mary triumphed her in the claim to the throne. And in fifteen fifty four, a Greek aged only sixteen, Jane was beheaded on Tower Green. On the one anniversary of her death, in nineteen fifty seven, a guard was disturbed by the blows on the top of his guardhouse. Going outside, he saw a headless white figure standing on the battlements of the white tower above him. Scared witless, he called to a fellow guard, and they both watched as a ghostly apparition in the cold air night. The cold night air. Perhaps most terrifying of all, the salt tower is not somewhere to visit after dark. Indeed, the guards refused to do just that, and dogs will not go near the place. Asshole. Years ago, the guard was on patrol and almost strangled by a strong unseen force there which grabbed him around his neck and held on tight. Well, I mean, this is like something I would massively believe because the Tower of London, and we all know the Tower of London, is a... Well, was a place of ex- executions and imprisonments and things. So you're bound to have like lost souls wandering around in there, aren't you? And just for the fact that it says that the guards refused to do uh, wander around after dark and the dogs will not go near a place, says it all, doesn't it? Because dogs have got a, se- a definite sense of, well, what's what's happening, don't they? They know. They just know. So that tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? Interesting fact, Mary Pole, Countess of Salisbury, was sent to the block in 1541. She escaped and ran around the Tower Green until the executioner caught her and cut off her head. Oh my God, that's horrible, isn't it? And you imagine that, like you're being sent to have your head chopped off. You manage to escape and you leg it and you're running around like, oh my God, I'm going to get away, I'm going to get away. And the executioner's chasing after you with his flipping mask thing on that. That would be horrifying. And then when he catches you and drags you back, that's it, you know, that's it, your days are numbered. That would be horrifying, wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> that's something to give you nightmares. If you ever escaped, <laughs> that's something to give you nightmares for forever, isn't it? And I think, to be quite honest... um, I think it would be something that would make us a, a lost soul wander around in the darkness, wouldn't it? Because you'd kind of like be probably a bit like shocked at it happening. To be quite honest, I can't imagine it'd be a it'd be a quick, it'd be a very quick death, wouldn't it? But I mean, before it, the the the, the moments beforehand would be terrifying, wouldn't they? Absolutely terrifying. Okay, so we're going up to Scotland here. We're going to Edinburgh Castle. And the site of the impressive castle was inhabited long before chapel uh, did, dedicated to St. Margaret. It was first built here in the 12th century. Now, that is a long time ago. Its long history has been seen, uh, has seen endless tales of suffering and violence. And as a result, this is a very uncomfortable place indeed to visit after dark. 
The castle's location can be eerie enough, perched on top of a castle rock and surrounded by steep cliffs. But deep down below the ground, the dungeons have held hundreds of prisoners in absolute misery and legacy of their terror remains. Visitors report chillingly cold spots down there, mysterious lights and shadows, and objects shifting around all by themselves. One prisoner tried to escape by hiding in a pile of horse dung. Unfortunately, the dung was thrown down the steep slopes outside and he's met his death. Oh dear. Visitors say the ghostly form tries to push them off of their battlements and there is no overwhelming whiff of dung in the air. Oh, right, so it's here, me. It's like coming up with his dung and trying to push people over the battlements. More creepy, more creepy still is the ghost of the piper. A series of tunnels runs beneath the castle and across the city. When they were discovered, a, a piper was sent to explore them so that the sound of his pipes as he moved forwards would let other people know above where he was. I, I remember this one. Suddenly, the sound of his pipes had stopped. A rescue party sent, was sent to look for him, but found no trace. He had vanished into finish, finish, thin air and was never seen again. The ghostly sound of his piping is often heard from the, inside the castle and the streets above the tunnels. Second musician haunts this imposing place. A drummer boy is said to appear whenever the day castle is in danger. No one knows the story of the headless boy whose drums were heard in 1650 during the English Civil War when Cromwell was about to attack. All the best haunted castles have impressive ghost, lady ghost, but you would not want to meet Lady Janet Douglas at Edinburgh, who also haunts castle as well as Glamis. Oh, she's there as well, okay. Back in 1537, she was accused of witchcraft and conspiracy to murder King, King James V. Her gruesome fate was to be burned at the stake in the castle on Castle Hill. Add to the horror, her young son was forced to watch from the battlements. Her desperate spirit still wanders through the castle. Interesting fact, throughout the night, the knocking sounds of workmen building on Building the platform on which Lady Janet Douglas was burned can be heard. Oh, okay. So how come I recognise that one as well? I haven't read these ones before to you, have I? Or, no, it's probably just because I've seen the stories online or something. I recognise the Piper Boy because I know that they see him down to the tunnels um to, to see i think to sort of check them out and see how far they went and then obviously if he's playing a pipe you can hear him above so they see how far the tunnels go well i think that's like you know any sort of story in it you kind of you if you are into ghost stories and um or paranormal stuff you probably would have seen and heard lots of different things when you read online or you know uh, maybe listen to podcasts even <laughs> you know like this one but I mean, there's there's so many different stories and stuff. I've got loads and loads of different stories, and obviously I've read a few of these stories in this book as well. So I might have just like read them myself and then like thought I'd read it to you. But hopefully I haven't repeated myself. I have got a marker in my book, so hopefully I've I've just gone over the ones um, that I haven't read yet. But if I have, please let me know in the comments because I really need to know if I'm repeating myself or not. Um, 
anyway, I think I'm going to uh, leave my stories right there for now. But I was going to talk about shortly, um, just about like my own paranormal experiences. And um, I'm not going to go into loads of detail because if you want to hear the everything that I've gone through, then you can listen to my podcast um, I when I was a guest with Tommy because I sort of talk about it all there. But there's certain things that I've remembered that I didn't talk about with Tommy. Um, and it's, you always remember these things after the event has happened, don't you? So and it's always too late. So I thought I'd like just like mention a couple of things that I've I've remembered. Um, I, I told him, obviously, that I lived where I lived previously when we rent, used to rent a house. So it was the house was 100% haunted. There was so much that went on in that house from the literally from the moment I moved in till the day I moved out really um but I did live there for 18 years so it was a long time and it obviously didn't scare me that much it at first it was freaky and it it freaked me out and it scared me um but after I'd lived there for a little while I kind of realized I suppose that it wasn't um it wasn't going to hurt me. There was nothing that was going to hurt me. The The spirit there was harmful and harmless, even not harmful, harmless. It wasn't, he was, I think it was a man and I don't think there was, he was there to hurt me uh, or any of my family, to be quite honest. So I found it um, like easy to to just live with it, I suppose. It's sort of one of them things where you kind of get used to it a little bit. Um, but yeah, all these things that happened, like I say, you can listen to my other podcast where I was a guest on with Tommy. And but like a couple of things I remembered like now is I remember I I remember clearly hearing people running up and down the stairs, and I used to hear that a lot. And I had an office room upstairs, and I had my desk. But my desk, my back was facing the door. It was pretty, pretty much which is how I've got this room as well now. To be fair, your back, my back was facing the door, so I couldn't see. Anyway, it was during the daytime. I remember, I can remember it clearly. My dog used to come upstairs and sit with me all the time, and he just lay down by my feet and go sleep. And then I was just at the time I used to do web design and things like that, so I was just sitting there doing that, and I heard. Someone running up the stairs, and I thought, because obviously at the time where he where we lived was only around the corner from where my husband worked. So at the time I thought, oh, he's popped home, and he's coming home for whatever reason. So I turned around expecting to see him, uh, but nobody appeared at the top of the stairs, which I found very bizarre. And my dog noticed it as well because he got up and he was like looking and stuff and he was a bit like what the you know and he used to stand by sort of behind my legs a bit because he used to I think it used to scare him a little bit because obviously I think like you know animals and children can see things that you can't see they can sense things that you can't always sense if you're not that way you know you know you haven't got that much openness I suppose or whatever they call it I'm in my, it's in my family, it's like in the genes, I suppose, of um, spiritualness and stuff. My nan's sister was a quite a well-known medium back in the day. So I kind of feel like I've got a little bit of 
sort of I'm a bit more open and stuff to things like that. So obviously, yeah, so I didn't see them, but I used to hear it. And that wasn't the first time I'd, I'd heard it. I'd heard it a few times. And also, you know, um, like things like you hear people calling your name, but it weren't just someone calling your name. It was someone you recognised calling your name. Like first time I ever heard it was it was it was my mum's voice and she was shouting up the stairs at me I was blow drying my hair shouting up the stairs at me calling me so I like think oh hang on a minute because at the time my daughter was only young and she'd gone round to my mum and dad's to stay the night because I was going out for the evening and I thought oh hang on a minute I perhaps my mum's come round to pick something up you know so I turned my hair dry off and shouted out what do you want mum what are you doing here you know and she didn't reply, so I'd gone downstairs to have a look and there was nobody down there, nobody to be seen. And I just thought it was really odd and I thought, well, hang on a minute, perhaps she popped in, called me, didn't hear, I didn't hear, maybe she thought and she left again. So I thought, okay, fine, so I went back upstairs, turned my hairdryer back on, carried on blowing my hairdryer and I heard her again, Clear as day, calling my name up the stairs. I was like, oh, my God, hang on. So I turned it off, straight down the stairs. Nobody there. Nobody. Just me and my dog. So I phoned up my friend who I was going out with and I said to her, I'll be round in a minute. I'm not getting ready here. Took my dog. We went round there and I got changed and we went out. And, I mean, that was like when i just moved in. I hadn't been there that long. I mean, the first time I... The first time I saw any uh, anything was the first night that I'd got there to, on that day because I moved in during the afternoon. And by the time, like, you know, if you ever move house, by the time you've got everything in place and stuff, it's night time or whatever. So it was evening time and I can clearly remember it like it was yesterday. It's something I'm never going to forget ever. And living in that house is something I'm never going to forget ever. And it's not in a bad way because of... Although it was haunted and there were so many things that happened and at the time they were a bit scary, now it's something that I sort of miss in a weird way because I think it's something you get used to and when it's not there anymore, it's just a bit quiet and weird and I don't know. So, but yeah, I mean, the first time, I'm the day that I moved in, I know, I know, never forget it. I was, it was dark outside and obviously I had the light on in the kitchen my mum and dad had been there all day and they'd been helping me move. They'd gone, just gone home. I was in the kitchen washing cups up. My daughter was only small. She was in bed. So I was washing the cups up. There's nobody else in the house except for me and her. She was in bed, asleep, me washing up, on my own in the kitchen. And hadn't put any net curtains or blinds or anything up at the, at the window in the kitchen because we hadn't had time. Uh, and I, you know what it's like when you look outside... You've got your lights on indoors and you look outside and it's pitch black. Well, the garden was the back, was at the the window, sorry. The kitchen was at the back of the house. So all I could see was the dark garden. And you know what it's like, you can't really see much outside. Only your own reflection, really, because of, obviously, you've got the lights on and stuff. So anyway, I was just washing up and I glanced up at the window. And I have to say, at the time... The kitchen, for some strange reason, had like a half door, almost like a stable door on it. So, yeah, that's weird. But anyway, 
I was, I was like I say, I glanced up at the window and I saw there was a there was a man standing behind the door. So obviously I could only see the top half of his body because the the stable door was um, shut. So I literally looked up and I was like, oh my god! And I turned round immediately and there was nobody there. Now I'm not I'm not saying I'm going mad or nothing like that because I definitely weren't going mad. That was freaky that freaked me out because I'd only just moved in that day I was all on my own daughter my daughter was only little she was in bed asleep I was like what the hell because there's no way that could have been her because obviously she's two she's like what was she five so she's like she was too small she'd only just barely see over the half door so I was like freaked out by that so and that was the first day so after that, there's just um, so many things that went on that can't be explained in any other way than a haunting. Things would go missing, like, all the time. Like, I'd put something somewhere and then I couldn't find it the next minute. And that's something that they say also that, that spirits do a lot. They move things around. It's almost like they're doing it for a laugh. I mean, I would, wouldn't you, if you was a spirit? Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely do that. If I could move shit, that's what I would be doing. I'd be picking stuff up. I'd be moving it about. I'd be having a right old giggle that the other person can't find it. I keep saying, I've so always said to my husband, if I ever go before you, expect me to do stuff like that because I'm going to be doing stuff like that just because it's funny. Um, and he always says, if he goes, expect to find all the cupboard doors and stuff open because he does it all the time. He leaves them open and forgets. And I'm always saying to him, God's sake, why are you leaving the doors open? So uh, if I find the cupboard doors open and I'm, he's not here anymore, God forbid, I will know he was, he is actually there still. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it's quite, you can laugh about it now, but it is something that it's, it's quite freaky and quite weird. And um, I kind of like this. There's so many different little things, isn't there, that you can sort of like associate with, well, hauntings and paranormal and stuff like that. And I know, like, a lot of people, you know, skeptics especially, they'll say, oh, I was, I was imagining it and this, that, and the other. But because it was just not that one occasion, there was just throughout the whole 18 years, there was things that went on all the time. Um, I w- wouldn't write it off like that at all. So. I don't know, it's just, it's a bit freaky. If you've got anything freaky that you want to talk to me about, you know, if you've got things scary, something, you know, spooky, something that we can talk about, we can chat about. Like, cause I'd love to bring on some guests and do some some podcasts with some guests and, you know, stuff like that, because that would be fascinating for me. And I think it would really, really be enjoyable to listen to. So, yeah, if you've got anything, or even if you've got something and you don't want to come and chat, you can send it to me by email. you find my links down below. And please do, please do come along. Send me your, all of your stories and things like that and I would happily read it out because, like, you know, that's the sort of content that I'm really looking for. I love stuff like that. And if you're listening to this podcast, then you must love stuff like that too because otherwise why would you listen to a paranormal podcast? But, yeah, so there you go. Anyway, it's Friday. It's time for me to go and have a shower um but yeah have yourself a great day have yourself a fantastic weekend whatever you're doing never mind whatever the weather's doing at the moment because the weather's being a bit weird even though we're in july but have yourself a great weekend keep yourself smiling and 
I'll speak to you again on my next podcast. So take care of yourselves. See you later. 